What's up guys and welcome to my third podcast of Influenced Dog Training. As you can probably tell, I have got a new mic, a better mic, a improved mic, thanks to my brother who has lended this one to me to for better quality because as you probably knew, the last mic quality was not the best. Yeah, yeah, we probably know that, but... I've got a new one. Thanks to my brother. Thank you to my brother if you're listening to this. Thank you a lot. I've got a new mic. Happy. Woo! Right. Um, also an apology because this podcast should have been uploaded on Friday. And should have been obviously uploaded Friday night. But now it is currently... What time is it? 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. And yeah. Um, I had... I Things took longer... Than they were supposed to last night, and I was unable to do it. But yeah, I'm doing it now, and it should be uploaded tonight. It will be uploaded tonight, inevitable. Um, so the subject of this podcast is choosing your dog. Yes, choosing it, choosing it, choosing it. This podcast will probably relate a, a little bit to the last podcast on how knowing what type of dog you want. In the, in the sense of if you can manage a dog. So yeah. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Um, it's inevitable that most people will want... Well, m- maybe all people will want a cute, small puppy. I mean, like, who like who, who doesn't? I mean, who wouldn't want a nice, cute little puppy running about? You know? Like, this is so cute. Like... If anybody's if anybody's um uh, what's like this YouTube channel called there's a YouTube channel YouTuber out there called Jay Swingler and he has a puppy and it's a bull mastiff puppy and it is the cutest thing ever I'll post a picture up on my Instagram it oh, is the cute ah oh, it's the cutest dog ever little bull mastiff puppy and he is so cute literally oh I just want to like fucking pick him up and I swore I swore apologies uh. Uh, this is Keith Bradley. I'm sure of you. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, but it is so cute. I just want to pick it up, hug it, and like keep it. But I can't because it's not my dog. That would be probably stealing. Anywho, let's get a bit into it. So, for choosing your dog, you have to you know we want to understand you want a puppy dog or an already grown dog, like an adult. For an adult dog, if you adult will an adult dog will possibly be more will probably be more house trained, but not a hundred percent depending on where you get it from. If you get it from like a friend who's a trusted friend or something who says it is house trained, then obviously yeah, yeah, it will. But if you say get it from a shelter, it may not be house. It may not it it may not be house trained. It may only be you know basic training like sit. Maybe lay down poor, possibly, but that's maybe all you'll get from it. Another dog will be more energetic and like and will require more exercise than a puppy, so you want to take another dog out for longer walks than you would a puppy, so it gets more exercise to suit its bodily needs. Because a puppy, you could probably just go out for like a five minute jog around the block, something like that, but a nice, funny. You know, you're growing dog, you're about a good hour, hour and a half long, nice walk. Or, like, for a puppy, isn't as a walk, you maybe want about a 15 minute, half an hour walk maximum, depending on the age of your dog. 
So my next point is that a adult dog will require more food than a puppy to meet its bodily needs so it can do the exercise it needs to without getting tired and can have so it can also get enough exercise to meet its bodily needs. Uh, adults will be cheaper than the puppy because more people want puppies or so general marketing puppy will be more expensive and the adult dog will be probably cheaper and because I've seen adult dogs go for like 400 quid or some puppies can go up to nearly two grand depending on the breed and it's just inevitable because more people want a puppy and general marketing people will will prefer puppies so they go for puppies and they're more expensive people don't really want an adult dog because they want a puppy but it will be more expensive to get a puppy than it will be to get an adult dog Next point, that, probably took, that point was way too much explained. An adult dog is easier, would be easier to train because they they wouldn't be so energetic and obviously they have more and en- more energy levels, but they'd be more o- obedient, obedient, so they were more, they'll, they'll listen to you more. So inobedient, inobedient, or inobedient. Oh my god, I can't it up. But they well, they listen to you more, pretty much. It's because um, what's it? Because they're adult dogs, and they can they won't be so easily distracted by their surroundings. Because if you put a puppy on the street, it will not listen to you. A new, like a new puppy, you I mean on the street, it will not listen to you. But if an adult dog, it probably will, because it's obviously grown, experienced, and used to sounds and things it sees. So it will have less cares for like cars going down the road or something so it will listen to you anyway on to the puppy section let me just scroll down in my notes uh getting a puppy will be easier to train i know i said this in the last one but a puppy would be easier to train because you can train it from eight weeks on eight weeks on and if you use treats um it will be more wanting the treats and it will understand you and use using techniques which I will show in later podcasts and possibly YouTube videos uh, it probably would be best to do it in YouTube videos but what I'm saying is it will it will be easier to train a puppy because they'll be wanting the rewards more than an adult dog so you could use that to your advantage to train them so they get rewarded as as they get on with the training. A puppy will have less energy than an adult dog but will have lots of energy in small bursts. A puppy will have not less energy than a dog and an adult dog because it won't want to go for as long walks as a fully grown strong adult dog. But a puppy will be will be very energetic in in little bursts because Basically, uh, because a puppy will worn itself out by seeing it by being so hyperactive, it will then sleep, and then it will regain its energy, and that will happen multiple times throughout the day, and it will just go on and on and on, and it will have small bursts of energy throughout the day as it goes on. So that also could be used to your advantage because in those little bursts you have, 
once a day you could use one of those bursts to try and train so it, so you can use that to your advantage so it will once train because it's energetic and won't want to sleep uh, the next point of the puppy that it will cost more and also have more requirements as in a puppy will obviously cost more to buy because uh, it's a puppy and everyone wants a puppy so general marketing goes up and, and is like well I want a puppy because yeah it's a puppy and who doesn't want a cute little puppy it will require more requirements because a big adult dog will just sleep in the bed but a puppy would maybe want a crate because a crate can be beneficial to training also and it will and the crate the crate sorry can pose as a like safe environment for the puppy so it can kind of sit in its crate because it's not as open as a bed obviously because it's got like a, it's in a shell so it will feel more protected in the in the crate so it will feel more secure and protected uh, other requirements would be antibacterial wipes or, or sprays so that um because your, your puppy will make mistakes in the house it will pee and poop on the floor it's inevitable for a, for a new puppy that you brought into your house so you wipe will you want you will want wipes and antibacterial things to wipe that stuff up so it doesn't spread any disease or nasty bacteria a puppy uh disadvantage a puppy will require house training and basic training like sit because it won't know how to sit as soon as it comes out of its mummy's womb um it will obviously need house training to sit stay lay down it you'll need to tell it on what not to touch what not to go near you know like dangerous objects or anything like that but because obviously it's a key the key part in the thing dog is training it and just making sure it does what it's told for for its health and safety and your health and safety also a puppy will play bite this is can also be called mouthing where it say if you give your dog a little fuss in the head it will then start opening its mouth and start going for your hand in a way but it, it won't bite your hand trust me it will not bite your hand it's just how it kind of because it's so used to it because when a puppy comes out of the womb they can't they can't see for the first few hours or days i think it is so it will use its mouth to get to, to sense its surroundings so it can get a good idea of its surroundings that's why when puppies come out of the womb they've got their eyes closed because they can't see for a for a certain period of time so they'll use their mouth to sense what's around them and they'll also use their mouth to play around with its siblings until it's about eight weeks old but this is not biting don't mistake it for biting however it is a good habit to get out of because once your dog grows older and is still play biting and gets some sharp teeth on them yeah i've experienced this it's not nice when you know they accidentally catch him and they don't mean to you know I mean, my brother's dog mister if he if he catches you he does you know he knows he's caught you he does you know try and say sorry in his own little dog way but yeah they most puppies will play by and it's good to try and train this out of them but just don't mistake it for biting because it's not any aggressive behavior it's just them generally playing and exploring the environment
they don't drink. Um, next is choosing your breed. Alright, it's the interesting part. I, 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 like, I like these parts. I love, I love talking about different breeds of dogs, and that's probably one of my main interests of dogs is talking about the different breeds and all the all the different characteristics and how they look. And it's just ah, oh, because some dogs are literally, I mean, all dogs are just so beautiful, and it's just nice seeing. You know, when you're like looking at like see that majestic husky, which is like sitting with all these colours you have not seen before. It's so beautiful. It's awesome. So, back on track. Size. This is my f- size. Size. Larger dogs will require more room to exercise and longer walks. So, if you get a dog like a husky, it will require a longer walk and will need lots of exercise daily. The larger the dog, grooming needs and care costs will be higher. If you get a small little bees on fry that will cost a lot less than grooming and trimming your poodle simply because there's obviously more more room area to cover if you're grooming a poodle a larger dog this is a this is an advantage a larger dog will reward off strangers for example a rottweiler or a japanese toaster looking out your window or outside your house will scare away any potential burgers or even a staff staffordshire bull terrier for that matter staffies are one of my favorite i think they're just so cute but if you know say a burglar comes to your house and says, you know i'm gonna rob that house but then you see it's a big old rottweiler sitting at your window he's gonna think you know what i fancy keeping my nuts no thank you so he's not gonna come in there and try and steal your stuff because there's a big old strong dog guarding the house uh, smaller dogs are easier to control, to control, control, and also more portable. Basically, you know, dogs. If you have a smaller dog on the lead, it will be easier to control than a husky. You know, a little terrier will be able to will be easier to control than a big old mastiff. Obviously, because the mastiff will be stronger and pull. A lot harder than a little dog. Some small dogs, like toy breeds, you'll be able to take on an aeroplane as long as you have a small enough crate to fit it under the seat in front of you. Because obviously, if you can fit a smaller dog in a in a little crate, some aeroplane, some airlines, I think you call it airlines, airplane companies, whatever it is. Basically, you can if if you can fit your dog in the cage and below the seat in front of you, they'll allow you to see the dog on that plane. But as long as it's secure and won't get out in any way. And like I said a bit earlier, uh, a smaller dogs will be easy to control when they're on the lease because a small Bichon Fire will be easy to control on the lease with a Malamute, Malamute, because obviously the Malamute will be stronger and pull harder and. Yeah, that's it'll be easier if you control a smaller dog because it won't pull as hard as a big dog. However, smaller dogs can be more of a hassle to catch if they are extremely excited and could also, depending on how small, could fit into small gaps where us humans cannot reach or go. Like they will, they could you know climb and crawl under a gate where we can't get them, and that could you know we could potentially lose the dog or even worse. Um, cause it's, cause they are obviously are small, and they will try and fit into their little gaps. 
and if a dog is excited and like got the goonies or zoonies if you call it uh, zoonies is what you call it when they have like a bit of a energy burst they will be very excited and you and trust me trying to catch a small little terrier when it's really hyperactive is not very fun at all but a bit of advantage for smaller dogs smaller dogs will live longer like your Yorkshire Terrier could live up to 13 to 16 years or potentially more because I've heard I've seen a small I think it was ah oh, I saw it but I could never I couldn't think of the breed I think it was a poodle cross like a cockapoo I couldn't think of the breed because it was so had so many similarities but I think it was a poodle cross I think I think it might have actually been a cockapoo but that was 20 years old it was a female cockapoo 20 years old incredible it was really incredible anyway back on this a bit so yeah a smaller dog could live up to 16 years old maybe more and a boxer may which is a bit of a larger dog will may only live up to 10 to 12 years but this is something to consider before getting a dog because you want to know how long that dog will live for and how long you have to care for it and just think you know in these years are you gonna have to are you gonna go through some it are you gonna go for a life change i mean in 10 to 12 years or even longer summit obviously can happen you know and it's just good to acknowledge that before you get a dog because you can because you gotta think will i be able to manage a dog in that certain time of my life next next is mixed breed or pure breed slash pedigree Pure breed is pedigree, just wanted to let you know, I didn't actually know that for, for a while, which is, I should have known, but I actually know, I, that's a, I heard people going about saying pedigree gods, pedigree dogs, I thought it was like something to do with the food, the pedigree brand, and I was like, hang on a minute, but I never actually understood it, that was quite weird, quite weird. When people tend to go to get a dog, most people are set on getting a certain breed, like for example, my mum is really wanting a cockapoo. And I'm pretty sure it's set on getting a cockapoo because she wants a cockapoo. Reasons being, um, someone in my family is a allergic to dogs, like dog hairs, and um, a cockapoo is hyper is a hypoallergenic dog, so it won't molt. So obviously, if we get a cockapoo, it'll be nice for us. But and um, but and also the family member will not. She won't be um. Uh, so reactive to the dog and uh, obviously like, people are set on getting a certain breed most of the time and me and my girlfriend would literally love and probably die for a Siberian Husky we just love our we just love Huskies we see Huskies like walking our, walking dogs on volunteering we're like because <gasps> um so I'll give you a little story uh, from Monday mornings I go on volunteering and to help uh, shelter and walk dogs and um every now and then we and we go because we go to a little park and there's a pair of huskies which go there and we see and we just like i can't stop staring at them and smiling and we're just like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh, husky, husky 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 we just get so like like so hyped up and just can't stop smiling about it again what i've seen is that the only thing to consider that when selecting a breed is setting a breed's size and if they molt or if they or if the dog is hypoallergenic or not. The personality and type of behaviour of the dog is simply down to training and past experiences. If you get a dog which has an abusive home, there is a high chance of it being 
being shy and scared of humans and they may also be aggressive towards humans to defend itself but that is also because of past experiences so if you got a dog from a shelter for example and it's not had the best upbringing with humans it may will may probably be shy and scared of humans and it could be potentially aggressive towards humans that's something to consider but if you but that's why it's an advantage like i like it like there sorry like in most cases it's always the better to get a puppy this way you can love it and train it and it will sure turn out to be a friendly loving playful dog because if you better be well if you listen to this podcast and you want to get a dog and you get a puppy you better bring it up nicely you know you got to bring it up nicely you know loving obviously punish it if it's done something wrong but no physical violence please like no no physical violence around here i'm a pacifist i'm a doggy pacifist and but yeah if because if you get a puppy it's obviously not had any past experiences so it's it'll be comfortable around humans because if you bring it out to be nice you know you love it it'll love you back you know it'll have no no aggressive behaviors towards you and you'll you'll get a nice friendly loving and playful doggy however things i have i have read and experienced myself is that mixed breeds seem to be somewhat more friendly this is quite unusual but i have you know noticed this when volunteering and seeing dogs around but this doesn't mean pedigree dogs are not however it's simply how you treat a dog will define its personality and if you're loving and played the dog it will love you it will love you and for sure always has its tail wagging when you come through that front door so if you okay i'm uh, sorry but another little story here i was going through instagram a couple of days ago a couple of a couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks ago before my first ever podcast and i saw a picture of a baby lying next to a big old big strong looking staffy and it was captioned parents i'm not too sure about this what do you think and i it kind of like got me in the fields a little bit because i honestly i i love I, i'm a staffy lover i love staffies and i didn't think there was anything wrong with it personally it all depends on how that dog is being brought up just because that dog is strong and possibly had a bad reputation from the media it's it's not defining that dog individually if a dog because it's just you pit a ter- oh what's it sorry not pit bulls yes pit bulls um were normally and used a lot of the time and are still used sadly for fighting dogs i don't agree with it obviously it's just you know because it's so like media centered i guess you could call it and like it's the, the um, pit bull um, breed has like generated a name for being an aggressive dog but it's not it's simply the owners it's just the owners and how is a dog trained a dog's personality is defined by its training and the person it is trained by you see you see an old like boxer staff or or like staffy or you know bulldog it's not gonna it's not gonna be aggressive if it if it, if it's you know got a nice caring you know owner you know it's it's gonna be nice and loving like i've met the i've i've got i've i've worked with a staffy staffy before and um 
it's he, oh he's the cutest dog ever. Honestly, he was at my volunteering, and I was so sad when he got like I mean adopted. I mean like it's good that he got adopted of 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 course, but he got adopted, so I couldn't walk him anymore, and, and he was one of my you know one of my like, favorite dogs, and uh, he's just lovely. He's lovely. There's another one actually at my volunteering named Bobby, good old Bobby. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see me have taken some selfies with him. He is lovely, and he's just a, like whenever I sit down on the bench, he'll come, he'll come round me and push his head through my arm so he can have my so he can be under over under my arm. Yeah, under my arm. So I've got my arm round him, and he's the loveliest dog ever. The loveliest dog ever. I really need to stop going off context. Right, next next part is choosing a breed. If you are aiming for a certain breed for its personality or its stereotypical behaviour, don't get your hopes up. Dogs are like humans. No dog is the same. Dogs will meet its energy behaviours, and larger dogs will be more interested than smaller dogs, but dogs of the same breed, like one Labrador would like to play fetch with a bull, while one may prefer using prefer tug of war or chasing sticks. You know, not one dog is the same. Like some dogs will probably prefer different toys, for example, my brother's dog, Mister, he loves teddies, but he's not too keen on teddy, on tennis balls, you know, because not, like, not every dog is going to want to chase a ball, some might prefer sticks, some will prefer tug of war, you know, it's just general personality and what that dog likes, it's not, like, stereotypically behaviour, I mean, a stereotypical behaviour for dogs, when they're puppies, Puppies love tug of war and to chase. You start running about with a puppy, that puppy will chase you. And you turn around and chase the puppy, the puppy will run away and it will be happy, you know. That's the summit puppies of generally like Borton. Um, so just a reminder, don't always expect a stereotypical behaviour when you get a certain breed. Because not, like not all dogs will meet it. Choosing a breed should also depend depend on also if you're an active person by all means go for a border collie or a husky if but if you're less active or busy busy a lot of the time it's probably better to get a lower energy breed like a pink chow spaniel or a french bulldog because high energy dogs will require a lot more daily exercise of low energy with low energy dogs while low energy dogs will require less energy uh, exercise Next part, breed, right, this is breed overview, this, this is where I summarise some of the breeds and just, because breeds of dogs are, are set into groups, different groups, and it was all categorised, 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 yeah you know what I mean, I hope, Cat, category, they all been set into a category, depending on their physical capability and what they were bred to do. Okay, yeah. Something, and possibly my favorite, like I said this earlier in the podcast, something and possibly my favorite thing about dogs is all the different breeds. The American Kennel Club uh, has identified that there are currently 202 different dog breeds in the world. And that is just awesome. It, because it, you know, I've I obviously I haven't like met every single dog breed, and I just find it so interesting to meet new do- new dog breeds, simply to see 
you know how different they look how all the personalities and characteristics are it's just so cool I like because I love seeing how different some dogs are like you get small dogs big dogs fluffier dogs you know and it's I just love it it's so cool so let's get on to the groups the first group up is the terrier group this group was bred to hunt and kill vermin these breeds can range from a Jack Russell Terrier to a Bull Terrier. These breeds can have a lively personality and also rather feisty. So your little Jack Russell, you know, they like barking quite a bit. They're a bit of a yappy dog, but yeah, that's how they're categorised on their on their personalities and also their size. Next is the herding group. This group was bred to herd livestock animals. For example. Border Collies and German Shepherds. These breeds are intelligent and are known to be easy to train and Border Collies can be the most craziest dogs ever. Trust me, I've seen a Border Collie leaping like a gazelle. That was the most amazing shash thing thing of one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And it was, oh, it was so, it was so funny. It's my, um, my uncle's dog, my uncle's dog. Duchess, Duchess, she's a, she's getting on now, she's getting on now. She's a bit old, not sure how long, but she's, but when she was younger, I was just out for a walk with the family. And, um, we were walking back up towards the, towards the house. And, uh, it's, uh, Duchess just started leaping like a little gazelle. And that, oh, that was so cool. I was like, what the hell? What? Oh, it was so cool. Next uh, group is working groups. These are dogs bred for strength and physical capability. These breeds include Siberian Huskies, Boxers and Portuguese Water Dogs. For example, Huskies were bred to haul heavy, load, heavy, heavy loads and pull sleighs. So these are working dogs, things that help, you know, in the working sector. And yeah, dogs that are bred to help for muscle and to help in the working sector next group is the toy group these dogs have been bred for their companionship as in a lap dog companionship that is like shih tzus maltese and pugs maltese maltese yeah maltese and pugs these are known for lap dogs however you know i'm pretty sure any dog will want to be a lap dog like a giant schnauzer wanting to sit on your lap Next group is sporting groups. These groups will clearly require a lot, lot of exercise, a bit self-explanatory for the name. And they have been bred to help hunters on land and water. These breeds can consist of a favourite of mine, the English Springer Spaniel. Oh, it's a lovely dog, lovely dog, so energetic and so floppy and lovely and fluffy. So this is also a Labrador. The Golden Retriever and the Weimaran Mar Weimaraner. That's how I know how to say it. Because the first time, because when I heard that, whenever I hear it said, it's in an American accent for some reason. So the Weimaraner is also yeah, that's a sporting dog. But Weimaraner, 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 Weimaraner. Oh, I always had trouble with saying that one. My old, like one of my old friends, he had one of them. Cute, cute. Oh, what's his name? What was his name? What was his name? Oh, I forgot. Shit. No swear word. Apologies. Next group is non-sporting groups. This group of dogs 
are the breeds that were unable to be categorized into other groups so things that didn't meet the specifics to be sorted into the other groups so these are kind of their own little group these breeds can, can include the Sharpe, a cute old little dog a Dalmatian, Boston Terrier and a Poodle dogs in these categories are sorted and distinguished, and distinguished by their size and appearance so Basically, like I said, if these dogs don't mimic, match any description for any other dogs, I just prior explained all the groups that I just explained, they will be put into the non-sporting group, which is kind of like an unable to classify group, so just put them into a little group. But yeah, that is Choosing Your Dog podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. This is the third episode of my influence dog training podcast i am really really enjoying this i last time i checked i have 24 lessons altogether on my podcasts and that's i know it's something small well it might be a small number to you but to me it's an achievement i am really happy with it and i can't thank anybody who has listened enough and i thank you for messages from friends and family saying you know supporting me and telling me i'm doing a good job it really means a lot and it you know, encourages me to do it more, because I do enjoy this, I do enjoy doing my podcasts, because I love dogs, I love, I love being able to, to like, talk, and like, explain, and help other people, and that's why I can't not wait for the training sector, section of my podcast, which I think I may put on YouTube, because it'd be easier, you know, visually to see how I train a dog, but, yeah that's been my third podcast choosing your dog and i hope you are enjoyed that and that was information any questions you need please send me a message on instagram at kyle underscore j underscore c underscore 23 uh if you have any questions and 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 i will see you in the next podcast the next podcast for the title for the next podcast will be items for your dog which obviously is self-explanatory items and things you want for your dog and this will be centered on a puppy because you obviously well actually no yeah actually no you know what no it won't be centered on a puppy i'll do it for adult and puppy so i'll probably be dividing into two sections this podcast this po- this net podcast on how to get items for your dog but yeah i hope you enjoyed this podcast and i hope i have helped you on what dog to choose have any questions or anything you want me to explain in, in a future podcast please let me know on instagram and i will see you guys in the next one